Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly, and today we have Brent Aaron Wirt on the line today, CEO of Brothers Produce and Houston Cold Storage. He is the host of the Produce Life podcast, and he is an industry activist and uh, uh, also a new uh, friend of mine. Let's not forget, happy birthday, Brent. It is his 40th birthday today. And also, the Produce Industry Podcast does have a Facebook page, and the first people who like the page, shout out to Will Smith, Ben Waters. Cal Tiger, Jay Martin, Drew Folin, and of course, Brent Aaronworth. So, Brent, good to have you uh, on the phone today. No, I appreciate, uh, man, I appreciate you calling me. It's crazy times. I love how you, you said activists on that deal because I'm going through people on LinkedIn. I'm just now checking my LinkedIn today. and I'm going through, like, people that maybe I should add. And it's funny, I see Jim Carr on here from the Blue Book. He must have dropped me after... Um, this whole fiasco the past couple of weeks. I'm curious how he's going to rate this industry now with all this turmoil that's going on. Are we all going to just go straight to where nobody sells anybody? Or I'd really love to see uh, how the Blue Book reacts to a scene like this, since they have no clue of what's going on in the industry already. Yeah, it's gonna. It's definitely going to be interesting. With uh, I would say, like you, like you've said to me many times, is integrity is huge in the produce and supply chain industry as well, right? What's going on in the industry right now? I mean, we're in what? We're in week uh, 13, 14 right now. Um, the COVID crisis has pretty much completely taken over um, all industries, but you've got some cool things going on. You've got, I mean, you're flooding social media with some of these, um, I would say, boxes that uh, people can pick up, and you're doing deliveries in Houston, and you've got some other cool things that are happening, man. I, I want to talk about that, and then maybe you can give us an update, you know, what you see in the next 30 days on um, cold storage, and maybe an update on what uh, some, you know, re- retail supply and demand's doing over in your area. So what, uh, what is today again? I, f- I feel like I lost my day. <laughs> but, uh, what is today? Yeah, I'm wearing my uh, Casio watcher, and I think the time's, actually, at the time's right, it says it's the 27th. I don't think it's the 27th. Are we on the 26th? What are we, what is today? It's the 26th. <laughs> we are, like we are officially recording on the 26th. Um, you know, what's interesting is, is most of us live in the, in the now and in the future. You, you're just living a bit in the future right now. Okay. Man, yeah. I mean, I think that, I think honestly, because I live in the future and I've always stressed so much about how we always have to remember how we got to where we are. We always have to be thankful for today and what we're doing, but we always have to know that what we're doing today doesn't work tomorrow. And I think that that's one of the things that a lot of companies are constantly pivoting and evolving right now. And I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I've always been a outside the box thinker. The the people that I always admire is Dr. Seuss, um, Steve Jobs, people people like that that were just really outside of outside of the box, Walt Disney, outside of the box, they thought they were crazy, but in times that we're in right now, and I'm trying, that's, I wanna, I'm looking at this calendar, I'm trying to figure out when 
I feel like this kind of started around the 11th or 12th of March. Is that right? When mm. we really started seeing the, the Oh, when we the, started shutting down things and people started panicking? Yeah, I think it was... The 11th pro- or 12th. Yeah. I, I feel like I made my... So so my company was about a 70-20-10 um, food service to um, schools and that 10% retail. And... I feel like any. I feel like in three days, starting on about the 11th through the 13th, this industry and we, I believe me and you did a podcast on my platform, um, which hopefully is going to merge these at some point and do something cool and only have one and have a bunch of cool guests. But I feel like on the 13th, early in the morning, Friday the 13th, it was was the day we did our podcast. Is that correct? I believe yeah. it was. I remember I didn't sleep that whole night, and I was trying to think, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I made a few calls earlier in that week, and I've always told and stressed to people that your net worth isn't who, what you have, it's who you know, and about using those resources. And I started doing a lot of creative things that week, and I pivoted and diversified our company that by Tuesday of, and I'm kind of going back, and I'll get to today, I'm just kind of going through the cycle since our last talk what I've seen happen. What I saw between the day we talked and the following week, and you probably saw this too in the citrus industry, I saw the retail boom just go crazy. And if you weren't in that boom, you missed that way because you have to be able to move quick. And the week of the 15th through the 21st, we went to a 90% food or retail business to 10% food service. And in a matter of days. And then I started seeing on about the 21st, I started seeing the retail movement tail, which I thought was kind of strange. Just be, And a lot of the things I did were storage, cross-docking related things. But what I, um, what kind of just baffled me is that the supply chain kind of caught up. I thought it was just really weird because the retail kind of came to a screeching halt. Um, and then I started seeing online. I've always known the, the co-op box business. I've dealt with them through the years. I've kind of seen the death of the co-op model. I started seeing all these companies offering these, you know, these boxes that, in my opinion, were just inventory dumps. And, you know, the problem with the box model is that this person wants this, this person wants that, and things have to flow in systems. The same way we talked about SKUs and, the de- and why SKUs, disrupt the supply chain when I looked at the box thing I kind of said you know if I'm going to do this I'm going to go outside the box because that's what I always do and um, I I came up with a very diversified model that I believe is going to be sustainable for the long term that is a custom box method and I started selling to the public I set up a store I run deliveries to houses something I've always toyed with in the past but now I kind of see the need for it because the grocery store is so crazy. And um, I'm actually generating, I, I haven't laid off one person to this day while I've seen other people lay off. It's a policy that I will not, I will not do as long as I can. I mean, I can't promise because at some point I may not have a job and all this and we may not survive. But I guarantee you, like the Titanic, I'll go down with it. But I feel like we've hit an iceberg, and I'm just steering us out of the way. And um, 
so what I'm doing with all these things I'm doing with the public and with my box sales, which I'm going to sell, I just rolled out my box program on um, Tuesday. I think of my days again here. Tuesday, I turned it on. I've already sold over 2,000 boxes, uh, custom boxes, and I've launched it across the whole city with drop spots. All custom boxes, they're all a little different. Um, I created something I believe is sustainable that is not an inventory dump. It's an everyday box that is, I'm not trying to replace the grocery store, but I believe we're going to see just the turn of things. I've actually heard people say the farmer's markets may come back again, which would be cool. And I think it's kind of strange because food safety kind of took us here and now we're kind of getting away from why the farmer's markets died. But, um, it's, um, it's just been really interesting to watch the way, um, everybody's kind of pivoting and moving and you know the restaurant business will come back some but we're all doing what we can to survive the same way the restaurants are doing little farmers markets and different things it's whoever it's social darwinism right now and it's survival of the fittest and whoever can move and pivot the most is going to win and you got to have creative minds and people that can execute in order to get through these times you're right and and that's something too um to chat about is that i mean we talked we talk a lot via text you and I right because we're all we're both so busy so the text is the best way for us to communicate and a few weeks ago geez it could have been a month ago at this point to be honest with you because um, I don't remember but you said to me um, and I and I've got my notebook out but you said Patrick uh, this isn't a time to be proactive and aggressive. And uh, you said this is a time to be reactive and resilient. Speak about that retail deal. Had I, a lot of people say I moved too fast and I'm all over the place, but had I not moved quick, I missed that 15 to 21st retail push. And we're maybe out of business or I'm laying off people. And back to what I was going to say about the boxes and the public sales, I am taking all of my profits in Portland or a good portion of the profits, you know, after my costs and whatnot. And I've set up a relief fund for my hourly employees that are losing wages throughout all this because I've had to rely so much on salary employees in different spots to fill in holes, you know, like Swiss Army knives, that a lot of the hourly employees and routes have been slashed. So I'm creating and I, I'm work. I haven't taken a paycheck in a month and you know, I'm making sure that when this is all said and done, I want these people to know I'm working for them and to fill the supply chain. That's because that's my offensive line, all these people. And this isn't about, yeah, I'm surviving, but it's about taking care of the people that, you know, help make Brothers Produce the best produce brand, in my opinion, in the world that's filled with the best people. And, it's unfortunate that, like I said, some of these routes got clipped. I can't help all these restaurants go out of business or change their days. But one thing I can do is make my damn sure best that I take care of these people long term. Um, last week, I saw a lot of just too many retail places busted at the gills and a lot of transloading and diversion of loads and holding stuff uh, for a couple of days pattern. Um, the port closed briefly for a couple of days here. I don't know about other other ports. One of the things I'm not seeing, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, 
I'm not seeing a big surplus of import of produce right now. Are you seeing that? I have seen that everywhere is dramatically decreased. So there's still some imports, um, but every no tropical, a lot of, a lot of trop, not a lot of tropicals and stuff, right? You know what's interesting? I spoke to uh, uh, some of the pineapple guys, uh, growers today. And they have volume is steady, they're saying. Um, prices are good, uh, but they're saying the same thing you said. Uh, everything's starting to fall off a little bit now. So, you know, there's still plenty of supply. There's still plenty of supply. Yeah, I just don't know if that supply is in store. It's just been really weird. So, so another creative thing I did uh, to avoid these layoffs is I reached out to other people in the market that I know are short labor and need really good drivers and warehouse people that are cranking right now, some of them being retailers, and I've outsourced my employees to them. And I basically became a temp service in order to keep my guys' jobs. So I've gone so far, I mean, I've gone so far out of the, uh, I've gone so far out of the box that it's been uh it's been crazy but i can't i mean the employees i have i I had a crazy story today i had a girl one of my assistants that had a baby premature uh last friday and tried to come back to work on tuesday oh my goodness obviously good to the baby it's in NICU and it's gonna keep her mind off not being there but that's what i love about our brand and the people that I have, I mean, they're that dedicated to this brand. To be, I mean, they're not there for the money. They're there because the brand, and that's what gets us through these kind of times. I mean, I, I've, I finally let her come back to work today. I said, you got to get a damn doctor's note. Like, and then <laughs> you know, I saw the note and I said, by the way, you're working at the house because you're not going to stay, you're not going to stay up here, you know, but I've never had somebody come back off maternity leave in six days. <laughs> Uh, that no, that's and, that's probably the fastest. When the baby I've comes seen. out of the hospital, she'll take her, you know, maternity leave. But you talk about dedication and why my brand is so strong. It's it's not the profits the brand produces at the end of the day. It's the it's just the the character. It's the same thing. I judge I judge people on the character, the integrity. I don't judge people on a credit rating, like some you know people that you know colors of the rainbow out there you know the start with blue <laughs> blue uh yeah we'll just we won't name it we they won't name make, any... they make you feel they make you feel blue yeah they I just make you for, feel like a smurf i can't wait for when i get through this and i will and they have to come back around and jack my rating up there, uh, strap it onto one of Elon Musk's uh, rockets to go in one of his SpaceX and put my rating right there. And, and I proved to them why integrity trumps credit. I mean, it's true. I mean, listen, I mean, you, you said it uh, uh, before too. And so the cold storage aspect of this, you got restaurants now that are coming to you asking you to kind of help them. And that's almost like being someone's savior because a lot of these restaurants probably don't know about all the low, you know, the ins and outs of the produce industry. No, that's what I'm saying. Don't even buy from me. And when I, you know, when I get through this, um, you know, maybe I'll get their business now. And I'll tell you another thing is 
and we talked about this, I believe, last time. In times like this, um, we all we all band together as competitors, and I have a lot of meetings with my competitors about you know how they're handling things, and if I can help them move product or do this or that, and we're talking daily, and it's very important. It goes back to one of my blogs that I wrote about why you should always be friends with your competition because you never know what's around the corner and what you're when you're going to need somebody and we need each other more than ever now and i don't want to see anybody go out of business and i'm trying to save these people going out of business any of them i agree and i think that's the difference too between right a leader and then someone else is just in this industry i mean that that's trust me because we have a lot of people in this industry um, that we know that do not look at that that way at all right so I mean I I think that's I think that's awesome I mean I think that's completely awesome. So what else is going on though? Like I mean you're in you're in Houston. What's the retail push been? Because I've heard, I mean the food service push tremendously pushed back as you've seen in all the publications. You can read anywhere talking about it. But now retail push. I've heard that guys are starting to get. Um, Loaded in the cold storage now. I heard that, you know, as much product has come in, you know, now that uh, the produce shelves are stocked in the stores, you know, again, it's it's conservative buying now. No one's buying a bunch of produce in their house for two weeks. They're just waiting until it runs out. So what are you seeing in the market right now? What are you, what are you seeing at the retail level all the way to the uh, terminal markets? You know, I've, I've seen it fall off and I've called several other people across the country and it seems to be a very similar we don't really it's odd you know because we all kind of know what's going on but we can't really explain why the produce we feel like the produce should still be turning but even when i talk to growers you know i could see where maybe me being a a short filler or a logistics or cold storage place i could see where mine would fall off a little but i'm also hearing it at the um I mean, the tomato market right now is, you know, below zero. I, I, I posted on LinkedIn the other day that I had, you know, had I still had a thing called Produce Universe that, you know, I got screwed up years ago. Maybe I could have moved them. But oh, another question there. Hmm. Um, I posted on LinkedIn about trying to move five loads of tomatoes. Just come get them out of here because I had them in storage for somebody. And I couldn't, couldn't even move them. I mean, and I'm not going to, I'll donate them, but I, that shows you, I, I don't know really what markets are surging because it's just, I'm not seeing the retail pool, um, you know, toilet paper and stuff. You know, that's appearing on the shelves again, but produce has to be kind of bought daily or not daily, but weekly. And I just don't, I can't really find the rhyme or reason why you're not seeing more uh, shorts out there on this stuff i mean maybe you got a better answer than me but i'm kind of stumped on this one well here's something here's something i'll throw at you so i've gotten calls uh in the last couple weeks from brokers i've never even heard of saying they've got deals with all these different um i would say retailers or programs and it's like you can't even find them even if you were going to use the the uh uh, the credit rating system, you couldn't find them in that credit rating system because some of these, some of these brokers are being started. I've seen new produce companies being started in light of this because uh, I've seen, say you're a vendor of a big, you know, a big top three of the retailers, and you sell them, 
just say some type of spices and uh, you're already set up as a vendor with them and they you know you made the mention oh I need romaine tomatoes and that person says hey you know I can get that I'm already set up as a vendor let me go find it and then bam they just go down they get someone to get the license and next thing you know you got some international company from Canada or Mississippi all of a sudden calling you that you've never heard of before so um, that's kind of what's happening and I've made some calls uh, to retailers and to different distributors and some of them have told me hey you know um, the brokers right now have some extra business because they're all out there with some of these deals so I've seen the push on both ends I've seen consistency um, but I haven't seen it completely drop off though yet so uh, I'm, yeah I'm, I think their warehouses maybe their supply chain's good but I also think and in talking to some of the uh, higher ups we're going to see this skew chop down that we discussed. The The world's going to go simple for a while. I, I definitely agree with you on that. So as but we're, we're coming up into summertime. I mean, I think that a lot more of our community are people. And when I say our people, that's everybody across the globe, uh, right? But summertime in America too, um, we eat a lot more produce. Don't you agree? I mean, I believe during the summertime we consume a lot more produce because it's like it's fresh, right? We put more in our drinks. We put more, you know what I mean? We put more in our, our salads, right? Wouldn't you say? So what 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 do you think we can expect though out of all this? I mean, think about it. It's, no, cr- it's crisis mode still. Sorry to cut you off. No. I heard there's going to be a... Um, I heard in June we're going to see, you kept wondering where the gap's going to hit on these things. I hear there's going to be no potatoes in June. Um, that we've already wiped out the a lot of the crops that, you know, are in storage to get us through there. So I think you're going to see some supply gaps. I agree. From some of these staple items. Same thing with citrus. I mean, again, um, the people that that I'm paired up with as well, uh, we talk about that. If the demand keeps the pull going, um, we'll have to switch varieties, and then there could be a gap within uh, a, a few different citrus varieties. Could be mandarins, could be navels. I mean, depend on how much the imports come in. So right now, I mean, between the two of us, we have citrus and pot- potatoes that now we know of. What other crops that are out there that possibly might see this gap? Avocados probably just because they can. Just because, yeah, just because they can. Well, I also spoke to a couple uh, uh, pineapple, um, I would say, industry gurus, and, and the same thing. They're saying that once the natural flowering, everything comes around, post-natural flowering, they have the two crops, they're saying they've got supply. So they haven't seen the complete fall. They haven't, they haven't food service, but now the same thing. So that could immediately mean what? If we have too much supply, what's the industry going to do? It's gonna crash. No, exactly. It's gonna crash on price. About, yeah, you talk about pivot. So here's a. Here, I'm already. We talk about the future thing, and there, there's a lot of aspects that have hurt my side of the business. Um, the food service, you know, whether it's a customer beating us down to no more. and it happens on the retail side too. I mean, some retailers are worse than others, but um, the food service distributors like myself have been beaten into the ground by the customer for years and consultants and companies that don't have food safety like we do companies that aren't running you know fully verify and whatnot and 
coming out of this, I think that the middle guy is actually going to be more profitable again. But I think first and foremost, the conversations I'm already having as I come out of this, and I'm talking to, and I'm saying my customers want to extend terms to 90 and 120 days. So, you know, sorry, Jim Carr, but that might actually hurt some of your higher ratings that are out there. I'm really sorry. If you don't know about that, I can send you a few emails to, to show you that. But uh, if, he, if he's listening, I mean, he might, they're so far behind, he might still be using an 8-track or a... Uh, well, this, hey, listen, this is all new because this is the Produce Industry Podcast. And as you and I both know, uh, there are only a few of those out there. So um, hopefully every, everyone's listening because this is, this is the, new, the new way of getting the information in the industry. Uh, no, it is. And, but what I'm doing is I, I'm already thinking, okay, I'm going to survive this. I'm going to get out. And what's the industry going to look like when I get out? You know, and hopefully the world's good and the economy's okay because that's what kind of worries me on this. So one of the things I've already started positioning the customer for is, hey, we're partners in this. And we've shown we can deliver you less days a week, you know, throughout this. And we've taken care of you. So I believe we're going to see, we're going to go back to four, three, four, five-day max deliveries again, like we used to do back when I first started this. You know, I'm about to be 40 next week if I live that long. But when I first started doing this in my late, teen, you know, my early 18, 19 years old, um, I believe you're going to see a shift to where the restaurants are now going to be using items that are okay at the retail level. The 48-count romaine heart, in my opinion, is going away. We're going to go straight 12 threes because I'm going to curve my buying around what can be used universally. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Because if this ever happens again, I don't want inventory dumps because, hey, this is going to happen again. I mean, this could be a yearly deal with this virus. We don't know. It's just a matter of time. how quick something can change. So one of the things you can always control is your dump. And um, that's one of the things that I'm – kind of warming up the customers to is hey we're going to look at your basket of items i don't need to carry four sizes of diced celery i need to carry one celery it's called diced and that's one of the ways that as we get out of this we have to start thinking about how to position for the future and limit these skews and go ahead and tell the restaurants to learn how to use a knife again because you might have to actually cut something yeah it's okay to have knives in the kitchen we don't have to you know, have a, a peeled and quartered red potato. I mean, it, it, it's definitely going to change. It's definitely going to change buying habits. It's definitely, I think that there's been a lot more communication um, with, with teams and groups than probably there ever has been before because of having to work from home. Um, but one of the things that I've seen, uh, Brent, that through this, as we're just getting started is the lack of information though. So I think this is a great, you know, great to talk about too, is that the produce industry has a gap in information because uh, if we notice, we, we have all the interviews with all the different uh, news outlets that does, you know, the publications on the internet. And then if you think about it though, all of us are driving to work, we're driving, we're in a field, we're always somewhere. 
So as podcasting, YouTube, and vlogging all starts coming about, I mean, we need to figure out the best way to get everybody the right information in a timely manner. Because I can tell you right now, I mean, there's probably guys from Alabama all the way up to New York that might be wondering about what, what's going on with the California citrus crop, what's going on with the potato crop, what's going on with the pineapple crop, and they don't get that information. And I've seen a lot of calls this week talking about how everybody is in this crisis mode of taking orders and fulfilling and customer service that it's almost like, hey, what's going on tomorrow? And everybody's saying, we're taking things day by day. Well, there's still sunlight going. There's still rain in California. There's still, you know what I mean? There's still a lot of things that are still happening. And we need to be out there giving the industry the information that they deserve and that they need, right? Yeah, it's funny you say, um, it's funny you say day by day because I was talking to somebody about this the other day. And it was one of my uh, security guards at work, and this guy was Israeli Special Forces Army, and we were talking about the Holocaust, and, you know, we both come from Holocaust, you know, families, and he goes, my grandma used to stay back in the Holocaust, it wasn't even hour by hour, it was minute by minute that things were changing, and it's almost like that's how I feel, and it's not that kind of times, but what I'm saying is that literally the day can change and how quick you got to pivot and what's going on it's almost like we're meeting multiple times a day about hey this restaurant just closed now temporarily because they can't figure out the curbside model and evolve quick enough or this one just took salad bars off their menu and this one and this one and this one it's like we're having meetings daily because we don't even know how to route trucks anymore and how many drivers to bring in and when to put in a night crew i mean if you're in the food service business, it's a moving target literally all day long. And, um, isn't that, I, I isn't that really insane though? From uh, from like I said, as as I, I was talking to a co-author um, of uh, my book, Hans Finzel, and he goes, you know, back in the days, uh, I go, oh, geez, I go, Hans, uh, how long ago? And he goes, six weeks ago. And I'm like, oh my yeah, God, exactly. right? And so it, 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 this is all changed. So back in the days and I'm sitting there going, all right, come on, give it to me. I want to hear the story now. And he's like six weeks ago. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So it is, it, it's really transformed um, the way, the way we have thought, you know, or the way we're thinking even towards the future. Like I said, day by day, um, social distancing, right? We've come into a, I would say almost a culture, right, within the produce industry that, Brent, if you and I probably saw each other, we'd probably give the handshake to the kind of like the half side hug, you know what I mean? Because we've come into a culture that all of us are in this together, right? And now we're coming about like social distancing, um, you know, someone coughs, they stay away. Um, but this is definitely, I mean, this is definitely going to change a lot of attitudes, a lot of uh, strategies uh, moving forward. Uh, don't you think? Oh, for sure. It's, 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 it's kind of, it's ironic. So on um, Sunday, you know, because I only got three places, basically it's home, work, or golf course. Sunday I didn't play golf because I just, I had too much to think about. And um, me and the running back, Adrian Peterson, and his wife were just sitting up in my office. There was nothing else going on. They ain't doing nothing right now. I mean, we're all, at the end of the day, I always tell people, all these people, we're all the same. We all put on our pants one leg at a time. Nobody's, you know, more special than anybody. We're all 
we're all humans and situations like this prove that now so as we were talking you know over some whiskey just sitting there we uh i'm telling them i go isn't this crazy that you being in the nfl's you know superstar here and me a produce guy we're affected by this the same exact way and i go a pastor at a church is affected a guy under a bridge i go we are all in this together and it's affecting all of our lives it, de- it's, it definitely it's is amazing that uh it's touching every every aspect i mean like i said you got no sports on tv you got you know these cars on the road i don't know where they're going they're probably just going out for a drive no, but, well, some people are, I always notice that some people are going to work. I mean, I, I'm here in Tampa, Florida, and, you know, the airport's close by, and I still see a lot of people heading into the airport. Like, I live right by the airport, and I live on the causeway. So it's like people within supply chain, there's still people traveling. Um, there's still people obviously getting the produce to the stores. There's still people in the medical industry traveling. So, I mean, there's still people out and about. I mean, heck, I go to the store. I'm still going to the store once or twice a week. Um, you know what I mean? And again, yeah, still driving around. I took the kids for a drive just to go look at the beach water uh, the other day day as well. So um, I even thought about driving up to the terminal market. The Tampa's got a terminal market here, which I will do here in, in the future. Um, but I wanted to see what the terminal market looked like uh, right now in Tampa just because um, again, a lot of, I know Tampa services, that food service industry with the hospitality of the cruise lines too. So, um, that will hopefully be coming soon as well. But, you know, I think that as we keep moving forward, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, I always say the, the produce industry is very complex, right? It's everything from A to Z. And literally we mean asparagus to zucchini, right? I mean, everything you can think of, you know. Oh, so we knocked out a lot of those items in the middle of A and Z throughout all this. Yeah, right? We knocked out a lot of them. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, geez, some, I mean, a lot of those are going to have supply gaps. So, um, so. Brent, listen, how, do, how does everybody get a hold of you, though? How do we learn more about you? I mean, where can we find Brent at Brothers Produce if, if anybody wants to get a hold of you? Yeah, I'm pretty easy to I'm easy to find. I'm very responsive. Sometimes, you know, if there's a lag, just bear with me. I, I always enjoy talking to people because, like, talking to people like you and talking to others, it's my sanity. It shows me I'm not crazy. I'm going through the same the same situations that everybody else is. I'm, um, I'm not a, I'm not a smart person. I'm creative, but I also, I'm a sponge. And by talking to a lot of other people is how I learn how to make my decisions. And we all lean on each other for guidance. There's about four or five companies that I call every morning on my way to work and see what they're doing today. And they're on the four corners of the United States. Because I want to figure out from the West Coast to the East Coast what's going on, and then from Canada down, down, what's going on, so I know kind of how to prepare and how to keep pivoting my model. But uh, to answer your question, it's it's Brent B R E N T at BrothersProduce dot com. Um, you can hit up any. I run all of our social media still. Unfortunately, I I do. It's just something that. I, I think I'm good at it, but also I think it's very vital to a company's brand, even though, like I said, we're going back several years here in the industry. I believe in the world, you know, 
that's our, my identity. So you can any of the, if you hit up any of our social media accounts, uh, brother, you know, the Facebook ones, Brothers Produce, Instagram's Brothers Produce, um, LinkedIn, you know, find me Brent Aaron Word. It's uh, it's B R E N T E R E N W E R T. So down. One thing I will really say is I'm glad to see the farmer doing well again. I think it's great for the American economy. And, and I think the Mexico farmers doing good too. And I love seeing the farmers succeed because that's what this country was built on. You're 100% right. I agree with you. I love to see farmers succeed. We have to support a farmer not only in a crisis, but I would say every day, right? Don't you love it right now that the celebrities of the world aren't the actors and the musicians? They're the cashiers at the retail places. And they're the farmers in the fields and people like me, because we're the ones that are, as long as people see the supply chain moving, hope's not lost. When people see the supply chain stop, paranoia starts. Agreed. Agreed. People need to think, think that cashier, think that, think that produce manager, think that, think that bagger, think, think those people just like you'd think law enforcement and people out there, because they're putting their lives at risk for their families right now, being around whatever, whatever paranoia and as much as we want to think about this, they're putting themselves at risk being out there. And we need to really, you know, thank them. Well, to all of them out there, we'll go ahead and say it now. We thank everybody that's in our industry and within the supply chain. And uh, thank you, Brent, for uh, everything that you do within our industry. We'll be chatting with you soon. So thank you. You got it. I appreciate the time and I'm going to, um, It'll throw people off, but I'm going to roll this out on my too. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.